This podcast is brought to you by Infinite Resources, a local staffing agency connecting diverse job candidates and central Iowa companies. Amplified. I'm your host, Abana Sankofa Imhotep, and welcome back to Black and Privileged in America podcast. Catch Black and Privileged in America podcast on SoundCloud and on our very own platform, AmplifiedDSM.com. And please follow Black and Privileged in America on our Facebook page. A recent study conducted by the National Institutes of Health compared the racial and ethnic diversity among 10 healthcare professions and found that Black, Hispanic, and Native American people were underrepresented compared with their representation in the general population. Although there has been some improvement in diversity among graduates of healthcare professional programs compared with the current workforce, this study's findings suggest a need for additional policies to support a diverse healthcare workforce. Because the underrepresentation persists, Broadlands Medical Center in Des Moines, Iowa, established the Tech and Teach programs in 2016 as part of a multifaceted approach to address the social determinants of health for the North Des Moines community. Tech and Teach provide access to healthcare training and the opportunity to gain employment, changing the lives of youth, adults, their families, and the community. Participants in the Tech program are identified as having one or more barriers to employment and or are at the highest risk of disengaging from high school. The TEACH program is a registered apprenticeship program for adults who have encountered significant barriers to entering the workforce. With a focus on the Broadlands neighboring community, the majority of participants are selected from 50314 and 50316 zip codes. These zip codes represent the areas within Des Moines that have the highest poverty and unemployment levels. Today, I'll be chatting with Tayshawn Presswood and Dominique Burton, who are recent graduates of the Tech Apprenticeship. They will be sharing their experiences with the program and their thoughts on the future of healthcare. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. <laughs> Glad you're here. Hi, Diamond. Hi, Hi. Tayshawn. What's up? Hi, Alvin. Good. It sounds like you're a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. Just a little. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. We're having a conversation. It's all good. Right. And we're being recorded. Yes, you are. So it's good to have you on. It really is. Uh, so I guess we'll just, you know, go down the line here and have each of you kind of introduce yourselves, you know, a couple sentences. Tayshawn, you want to start? Yeah, so my name is Tayshawn, and I am a freshman now at the University of Iowa, and I'm majoring in biology um, with the pre-med focus. Thank um, you. Diamond. I'm Diamond, and I'm a upcoming senior at Lincoln High School and I want to be a doctor. I want to be a, a doctor in pediatrics. Wow. I am so impressed. Okay, now, full disclosure, um, you all are recent graduates of the tech program, and I did serve as your mentor, so I know that these goals are not lofty. These are goals that I can absolutely see you both reaching. So, Diamond, we'll start with you this time. Why healthcare? Why now? Um, I I just love helping people, and I've always been interested in it, and I want to work in pediatrics, so I want to work with babies and, 
you know, I just I have a big heart for babies, so I'm excited. Great. Tayshawn. So for me, it was all about representation and, um, you know, just people of color, especially black people feeling safe in a medical setting and having come from a family who is mainly from like down south, you know, Mississippi and stuff. I've heard a lot of stories about how we were treated wrongly in, um, you know, in medicine. And I already had an interest for medicine and I thought that this was just a bonus. You know, I could help inspire somebody that looks like me. Wow, that's that's very interesting, and I, I think you're right. Um, and, you know, first, Diamond, to your point, uh, it's so important for especially little babies to to be able to experience the care of, and their parents, to be able to experience the, the care and professionalism of a, a black doctor, especially in pediatrics. And then, Tayshawn, to your point, um, you mentioned, you know, ways that black people have uh, historically been mistreated. In, in in terms of healthcare, can you expound on that a little bit? Yeah. So when it comes to how black people have been mistreated by healthcare, one of the main things that come to my mind would be, you know, Henrietta Lacks when her cells were taken as an experiment, I guess, without her consent. And even though that came like so, like a lot of good things came from that, it still was kind of wrong about how they did that. And um, even the experiment on black men with syphilis back in the days. You the know, Tuskegee yeah. program, yeah. Just stuff like that, just really something that needs to change. And I feel like it's important for people that look like us to, you know, be in certain positions to help everybody. I agree. I think that the black community is really like, I feel like we're kind of overpowered when it comes to white people working in, you know, settings like healthcare. I feel like we need to, you know, increase the the black people in healthcare, the healthcare community. Yeah, and the study um, that I referenced in the introduction, the study conducted by the National Institutes of Health, showed just that, that uh, there is underrepresentation as far as healthcare professionals in 10 specific professions uh, in healthcare uh, for black people, Native American people, and people of Hispanic descent. So, yes, 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 and yes. Um, I feel like there are so many choices out there right now, um, now more than ever, um, because organizations are vying for the attention of young black people, either as employers or as consumers or both. So tell the listeners, tell me, you know, why you decided that the Broadlands Apprenticeship Program was the right path for you. You want to go? No, you can go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody go. <laughs> well, for me, I just knew, like I listen to Dennis come into my school and the class and talk about it. And I knew what my goals were as far as, you know, being in the health health field. And so once I actually sat down and I kind of weighed my options, I knew that this would be not only the ble- the best pay- place for me, um, you know, in terms of education, but I also knew that it was going to get me to where I want to be, get me in the right places, you know, right faces and stuff like that. So that's why I chose to be here. Awesome. Thank you. And you mentioned Dennis, Dennis Henderson. Um, in your own words, tell us who Dennis Henderson is. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis. He's a whirlwind, yes. but who is he? Dennis was our boss as far as Broadlands, and he brought us on. He is, what is he? Um, He's like, the apprenticeship coordinator for okay. Broadlands. I was going to say director or something like that. But yeah, he's Dennis is great. Yeah. <laughs> we love Dennis. But yeah, he brought us all on. He was talking to us and he just basically, you know, came to us and was telling us how it was a good program and telling us how we should join it and 
you know, he just had a lot of good opportunities for us. So you can see the passion that he has for this program every day. And that he has for us. He right. wanted all of us to make it and all of us to graduate. Yeah. So although there are just two of you here, you say all of us. How many people were in the program? Forty. Yeah, and it was smaller for like Urban and DMAC. I mean Urban and Ankeny campuses, but when we got together it was a lot of people. Yeah. Because yeah. we split up into two groups. So Yeah. And typically the program the apprenticeship programs go, I think there are three or four of them throughout the the year. Um, and there are only 10 interns in each cohort. Mm-hmm. So the summer program that you all were a part of was a part of a larger um, initiative, a, a special pilot um, to get 40 young people through the apprenticeship program on a fast track. And we lost some along the way. Yeah. I think we graduated 26 yeah. out of 40. I couldn't be proud, more proud of the 26 of you, and I know that the future of the other students who we lost is still bright nonetheless. So, Diamond, why why did you feel like Broadlawn's apprenticeship program was the right path for you? Um, Again, Dennis, he, um, he talked to me. We had a couple meetings and phone calls, and he was just telling me how it was such a good opportunity and, you know, how it's kind of a you know, hit or miss opportunity, and, you know, it just sounded good, and I want to be in the healthcare you know, field, so got my foot in the door, and now I get to go back to school and get my RN through the same program, so that's great, and yeah. Awesome. Okay, so what was a typical day? I know there were many different kinds of days that you had, so as an apprentice, a typical day, what did that look like? So, um, for me, it looked like getting up <laughs> at like, some ungodly yeah, hour, like 6, 6 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then hurry, hurrying up and getting there before 7.50 or by 7.50. And then we would come in, we'd do lecture or theory for the first half up until like 11 o'clock. Literally like three hours straight. Yeah. And it was just like, it was heavy. It was heavy. Like, you know, back to back PowerPoints, talking, discussions, it was, it was heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lunch and then we'd go do Oops. lab where we'd practice the skills and then we'd um so lab meaning like for because some of the people listening don't know healthcare the way you right. know it so when you say lecture what do you mean like well you alluded to powerpoints and so three yeah, hours straight up. like books um papers that we had to work on get back the same day so we didn't have homework like we had to really be on top of it and then the second half was lab which was us learning our skills and performing on mannequins and test dummies so that way we could be ready to perform them on you know people when we got into clinicals and got to be in which was calvin community or um, methodist okay wow okay tell me about clinicals how was clinicals working on real people being in the environment whichever one spoke to you the most the one that spoke to me the most was the even though i really like my i can't say favorite but you know the one i (laughs) enjoyed most was advanced but the basic one was just it was really eye-opening because we had talked about, you know, how people would act with dementia and things like that. And when I really seen it, and that was the first person we had to deal with, it just, like, at first it kind of, like, startled me, you know, because I was like, this is my first time. But um, once you just, like, depersonalize and realize that they can't actually control what they're doing, it was it was nice. And then, like, the worst part about that would be um, how I didn't really get a chance to say goodbye to, like, some of my favorite residents, so... Oh, you, know. you you develop favorites? Yeah, yes. I did. Fast. Oh yeah. wow. So right I think that is that part of the beauty of working in a long term care facility is yeah. you they're that's their home and so you're building that rapport with them. Right. Yeah. 
Whereas a hospital, people come and go. So, yeah. yeah. And that goes off of like, you know, not even a lot of people there are sick because, you know, it's a nursing home. So some people genuinely just need assistance and help. So that's when it like us needing more people in the healthcare community to help and, you know, bring in that extra set of hands that we need and that can be used. Because there was wow. like maybe like how many nurses was there? Like three or four? If not we, enough. Yeah, I think I seen like three, two or three. <laughs> yeah. Definitely need some more. So if you had your preference, would you choose to work in a hospital setting or a long-term care facility? I would choose hospital just because I feel like when I was in the long-term care part, I kind of got too attached, I guess. And it just kind of like, I don't know, I just couldn't do things like I wanted to. But in the hospital, like, you know, you're surrounded by different specialties and things like that. And that's kind of like my flow, the fast-pacedness. And people don't really, people come and then they get released. So you don't get that time to build bonds and, you know, have a special connection with the patients. Oh, my goodness. The future of healthcare is bright. We have (laughs) warm, caring, young black people. Who are the next generation of healthcare? I'm so encouraged. Y'all gonna take care of me one day. Watch. <laughs> so, okay, what do you? What are your biggest takeaways or lessons that you've learned throughout the past ten weeks? Because I'm telling you, to be able to witness you all work so hard and accomplish the goal, and I just want to recap the goal is at the end of this program. I mean, you you just recently graduated. You guys are fresh off the graduation stage here yesterday. Yeah, right. <laughs> And you have six college credits now. You've earned your certificate to work in a long, any long-term term care facility in the state of Iowa and in any hospital in the state of Iowa. So knowing that that's what you did, okay, and you had lots of support, I'm sure, lots of people who were rooting for you, cheering, cheering you on. I'm one of them. But what were your biggest lessons or takeaways um, while you were working so hard to complete the apprenticeship? Commitment. Because, I mean, it was a full-time program, so we had to be there Monday through Friday every week for 10 weeks. And so we just had to stay focused and be motivated and learn how to take away as much as we could from each lesson or each day that we went to school. But, at like, in the end, we got a lot from it. You know, we got credits, college credits. We got certificates. We got you know, more opportunities to, you know, go on to school and, and it's all paid for too. So it was just kind of like, get what you can from the situation. And I, we got a lot from it. So it was all worth it. Um, My, the biggest thing that I took away was just to not take things for granted, you know, because even though it was hard or it was intense, it was like, it's one of the best opportunities for people that want to get in healthcare, you know, coming from, you know, DMPS or Des Moines, wherever. And, um, Yeah, that was something that I took away. Wow. Okay, so I'm sure there are people who are listening, um, and we have listeners all over the country, uh, but specifically in our local immediate community in Des Moines, Iowa, there may be some listeners who are considering a pathway similar to what you just experienced. So what advice would you give to any young person who is considering health care as a career choice? I would say... What's been a blessing for me so far is just networking, you know, and making a, a making a lasting impact on people you meet because you never know when you're going to need them again. And so I would just say, and a piece of advice I'd give them is to not always try and, you know, follow your friends or do what they're trying to do, especially if you have different goals. 
it may be hard, but it's like it's what we have to do, especially once you graduate high school. Yeah, I agree with the um, kind of separate yourself from negative people because, you know, like different paths, you'll have other days, times to hang out with your friends. You know, they're not going nowhere. And like sometimes it could be a one in a lifetime opportunity. You never know when the opportunity will roll back around. So, yeah. And just to stay focused, like I said, it was a long time, but we got a lot in the end. So. Wow. Okay. I'm I'm melting. I'm literally <laughs> melting. This is amazing. I'm so proud of you both. You. Truly, truly. So what's next for each of you? Um, who wants to go first? I want to know what the future holds for you. I can. <laughs> I'm not even done with high school yet. So <laughs> Wait I'm a minute. Gonna... You got six college credits, yeah. two certificates, and you're yeah, not right. even out of high school yet. I'm not out of high school. Um, I'm going to go back to school, finish my senior year. And uh, after that, I'm going to hopefully go back to school to get my RN while I'm in college and yep just take my college classes and graduate from college too wonderful Tayshaun um for me it's college you know University of Iowa I'm going to start my freshman year I leave in like nine days now nine days yeah oh my gosh yep and then um after that hopefully I follow course and you know med school then residency doctor what college are you going to? University of Iowa. That's exciting. It is so exciting. This entire summer has been exciting. Yeah. So grateful that our paths crossed. And I am so proud of each of you. If there are listeners out there who are considering a career in healthcare, Broadlands Medical Center is one of many hospital um, hospital hospitals that have apprenticeship programs um, you can look at their website www.broadlines.org apprenticeships and learn more uh, the coordinator is a gentleman named Dennis Henderson please seek him out he's the best <laughs> thank you all for joining me today um, I'm confident that our audience has gained some good insight um, and yeah go to Broadlines website yeah. thank you this has been Black and Privileged in America podcast presented by AmplifyDSM.com. I am your host, Abana Sankofa Imhotep. Today, we talked with Tayshawn Presswood and Dominique Burton about the tech and teach apprenticeship at Broadlands Medical Center in Des Moines, Iowa. Check out our show notes from today's episode to find out more about the program, how to apply, and also visit our website at www.AmplifyDSM.com and my website, abanasankofa.com. Book recommendation, ladies and gentlemen. Sex and Race. Sex and Race yes. by Joel A. Rogers. No idea. I think that's who it is, Joel Augustus Rogers. Good, though. And Tayshawn, you mentioned The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Yes. You, you mentioned that her, yeah. her situation, but I'm going to recommend the book, yeah. The Immortal, Li- Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks by Rebecca Sklute, and also Freedom Dreams by Robin D.G. Kelly. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Infinite Resources, a local staffing agency connecting diverse job candidates and central Iowa companies. Amplified.